0: Welcome to the Brother 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 podcast, a show about three brothers born in three generations with one shared obsession, music. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and today Chris and I sit down with Will Krause, the Brooklyn-based musician behind the noise rock project Kraus. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, rate and review us on iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Pod for more info. Now let's get to talking to Kraus. Welcome to the Brother 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 podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my brother, Christian Lewis. It's a Brother Brother podcast today, and today we're uh, welcoming our first uh, in-room guest. I guess it yeah. is Will Kraus uh, from the band Krause. Hey, how's it going? Very well, thank you. <laughs> so, um, first of all, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, what we do, what we started uh, when we began the podcast, which is Will, defend your year.
1: Okay, uh, I. Had a lot of trouble with this, and uh, I'm not really going to fend- defend my year too hard, because 1994, like, um, there's some big hallmarks that I was thinking about, like, oh, Weezer, Blue Album. But, like, in terms of shit I really loved, uh, I had a tough time with 94. Um, so I'm going to do Silver Jews, Starlight Walker. Um, that's not even my favorite Silver Jews album, but Trains Across the Sea. It's, like, one of my favorite songs ever. Um, Pavement, Crooked Rain. That's like come on, you can't argue yes. that, yeah. And then, uh, th- this is where it gets more complicated. Sunnydale Real Estate in uh, our diary, I think, came out th- that year. Uh, and I just I love in circles and. Uh, I like the choice, yeah. Vibes. Yeah, I mean that was one where I was like looking on the internet. I was like, oh fuck, this came out that year, um, which is so early. And then uh, selected ambient works. Ah, yeah. Two, I think, is the one because I love the song. Rhubarb is a great song. Nice, nice um, one. And well, I think that's actually, that's four. And then so the other one is sort of an off-kilter one, but just for like... Texas throwback style. I'm gonna do Toadies. Uh,
0: rubberneck came out that year. Yeah, that and a the, two. One. the Toadies fucking rocked. Like that. That's one of those ones that really holds up with time. It's funny. That's a that's an That's a song or their single was a song that I always associate with HFS and in, in Washington D.C. It's why. Yes. It's why I would. Always, I was driving through there more than once, and for some reason, I Possum feel like Kingdom, that Possum Kingdom, one? Kingdom yeah. came on that came on that station like every time I drive through Washington. Yeah, so that was bizarre. alternative rock. Like in Dallas, they play that all the time. Okay. But it's
1: weird because Toadie stayed somewhat regional. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're, They were like a huge deal down well,
0: there. They were the last, I mean, that's sort of the last moment of regional music. I yeah. mean, I think now, and, um, you know, I'd love to have you talk about it because I know you're from, you're from Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it, what sort of... Uh, regional music from, or what kind of scene is there in Dallas, Or and did you participate in it
1: Yeah, you know, I've never uh, uh, been, I think they sort of chatted about this, but yeah, never felt connected to, like, even in New York, uh, like, any sort of music scene, and, and it sucks, because, like, I see it going on here, and in Dallas, I just really... I feel like I matured musically pretty late, so, like, I just didn't know, like, any of that stuff was going on. There is a bit of an indie scene in Dallas, from what I can tell, and maybe I just don't know shit about it. It, it seems like um, it's not super vibrant right now. Like, Texas hardcore is definitely a thing, and, like, obviously Power Trip were a band that was, like, so big for so long um, in Dallas before they broke. But uh, it doesn't... There's this one guy, Prado Flesh, who books, like, every indie band, you know, every big name club show, like, we get, you know, bands, like, on the level, like, nothing comes to town all the time, like, Alex G, like, indie rock bands come through via him, but in terms of, like, small DIY, DIY no, cool. stuff, yeah. like, I don't see a lot of it. My friend Landon runs, uh, is, is doing the this, this Snail Shack, he calls it, at his, out of his house right now, he's a really nice. cool, cool guy, and him and Chris, like, kind of, uh, were two of my friends or acquaintances there who sort of were more in that world but yeah. it seems like a great opportunity just because there's i mean you get you get the sort of space oh it's an easy like, yeah. city to be a band for sure and yeah. it's something i think about all the time is i'm just like constantly strapped for time space, yeah. and money here and like there's not a lot of places like it, i'm denton has it kind of mm-hmm. has always had it going well, on a court lot more yeah, yeah. um so, like, the Denton scene is, is a real thing. But even they're having issues with, like, venues kind of closing. And it's it's weird. Like, when you're in Denton, like, that's still the kind of thing. Fort Worth is also, like, mm-hmm. more so than in the Dallas City proper. Like, East Dallas has some indie stuff going on. Okay. But it's Denton and Fort Worth where shit is really at. Like, there's okay. a venue called 1919 Hemphill, which is one of the nation's uh, longest-running DIY venues. Oh, they're, right. like, 11 years old. And they were hosting shows for, like... Matt and Kim way back in the day, uh, you know? And, they're, and that place is, like, really... Um, that's... They're a really, like, tried-and-true DIY space. And we're, we're really... Before, it was something that's, like, now sort of a national talking point. We're super intense about um, uh, just, like, no racism, transphobia, always super LGBT-friendly. Um, their thing, like... They're up straight edge, I believe, too. So like, no booze in there. But they, they have, like, a free
0: store or you just <laughs> so, i was, just <laughs> heading in until you yeah
1: exactly uh, um,
2: so, but so what's the what's that place in East Bay or um, in Oakland the Go Island? Ship yeah, uh, yeah yeah that's been there for it's like a staple that's been around forever so um yeah, I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's true. Like, they, the turnover's so high. I mean, there are a couple around here that have been, you know, obviously, um, you know, places like that that have sort of hung yeah. on for the last five years. But,
1: I mean, it's just, it's every two or yeah, three years. Been, like, I'm there's just, so much. Like, here, I, I started going to shows a lot more now. And, like, I live next to the Silent Barn, and I used to go to, I miss a beef. That was my favorite beef one. Man. That was yeah. a great venue. Yeah. Just like, that had, the, that had the best vibe of, like, somebody like me who's sort of, like, not super in that world. Like, you, I would go to the shows there, and it never felt like a... Like a cool kids club, like a, yeah, okay. like some dork like me could go, and like it was always very fun. Yeah, and, like, you didn't
2: get the feeling that like everybody uh, knew each other. Yeah, right? exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I you know, sit at your lunch table at yeah. Shea yeah. Stadium, it's like.
0: correct? Yeah, I went to NYU. Um, you yeah. Study music? Yeah, I was at the Clive program there. Okay. Um, and Go ahead. What was the... So getting getting in, you you have to produce a yeah, demo. Like a, you sort. have to do, yeah, basically
1: like a reel and I made like a little video and it was so like, please accept me. <laughs> like, it, was just, it was so, I look back, like my friends make fun of it all the time because I like left on a computer and they saw it and they're like, dude,
2: what are you doing? <laughs> You're like,
1: literally... <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're selling your soul to go to this program. <laughs> it was in college, like, because I wasn't as into Dallas music, and I was like, learning, I didn't have any older brothers. I went to sort of a, like, more, um, not, I mean, relative to Dallas private schools, it was already, but that's not saying a lot. It like um, St.
0: Mark's or something?
1: Yeah, no, it's a Green Hill, mm-hmm. if not you me. know that. Yep. Um, yeah, you fucking know the deal. Um, so, Yeah, like, I just didn't have, like, a... There were some kids who did music, but I I didn't have anyone to learn about, so, like, it was just so slow, like, my getting into music. Yeah, and so, like, I just didn't... I thought Clive was, like, the coolest thing in the world. I was like, damn, this is... And just because I was so, like, naive at the time, and so I applied for the program, I got in. um, I definitely learned a lot, but I wouldn't say it had a huge impact on Mm -hmm. me musically, I think, as I got older, uh... (laughs) Like, the validity of... Not validity, but, like, going to school for art. Like, it started to make a lot less sense to me. I think the... I'm not to talk trash on it, but I, I mentioned the article, I'm like, I don't... I would prefer that this doesn't, like, in the rising piece, like, doesn't get mentioned. And they did, which is, like, fine. It's not a big deal, but... Um, just music school in general like I, I was somewhat disappointed by it I, I think I just really when I left is when like things kicked into high gear and you know learning about music from the internet is and when my taste really expanded When did you leave? Um, I, I guess this is crazy crazy so almost a year and a half now okay. so I, I would graduate a semester early in december
0: and then how long did it take you to put together the record that and came? that came out in december correct yeah um no it came out September.
1: properly yeah. in yeah so i finished it like i left school in december and like right before that and right after that i sort of look back on like i felt like i finally at like 22 start was starting to understand like what is my music taste? what do i like um and that allowed me to make something that felt more like me. And, uh, so when, when I finished, I was like, holy fuck. Like, I have no songs I'm proud of. I've been in school for music for, like, four years. And, like, I don't have anything good. And just lit this, like, crazy sort of manic fire. And, like, I finished the album in May and then just put it on Bandcamp. And then it sat there for a long time. And I, I was sort of, like, I was, uh... That's when I sent it off to writers and people like that. And then it got re-released in September. Okay. And then this happened in January. So it's been like,
0: this is the little album that could. Like, it just has fucking legs. Like, it really went so much further. Well, it's funny you use use the turn of phrase, holy fuck, because... Yeah. (laughs) I was going to jump on that, but...
1: uh, Wait, are you talking about the band? Yeah. I'm not super familiar, but I know, isn't that the connection to, like, Ariel Pink and... These guys are from, I think they're from uh, from up in Toronto.
2: Like actually, I'm no, I mean they were sort of road warriors back in the mid two thousands, and I saw them a ton in in DC, yeah, but like opening for stuff like Chick 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 and that kind of thing. And they've got a, um, yeah, they've got a uh, check them out. They've got a cool sound, um, and uh, it was sort of like somewhere they're a little bit more melodic, I'd say, and sort of pop oriented maybe yeah. than something like lightning bolt yeah. um but uh but similar sort of like very heavy on the effects in fact one of the guys in the band is um just has a table with pedals and yeah noise dude yeah exactly that's I, always a cool addition to a band yeah it's a it's a great uh,
1: it's great job like i saw a great wood, woods and way back in the day and they did the same thing yeah. so we're just like these sort of like cosmic folk jams and then just <laughs> one guy like yeah. like making all this crazy
0: noise it's yeah. the uh, indie rock version of a hype man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like the
1: Lincoln Park,
0: like DJ in the band yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. yeah, like, little
1: icing on the cake.
0: No, but it was funny. They they came up as a reference point, and you know cool. we we were talking about you know, it. You know, Chris and I were. Sure. You know, I sort of went. You know, uh, when I heard it, my brain went to My Bloody Valentine. His mm-hmm. brain went to Lightning Bolt, which seems like it was an appropriate place, yeah. uh, given yeah. your love for the
1: both uh, of those bands.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, who you know was it was it a matter of you know I mean you it sounds like your uh your music personally changed a lot um during the last several years is it a matter of exposure and just finding new stuff yeah it was
1: like for for a long time I I was always super plugged in like because I I was in Texas not really in a scene um at this like preppy school so I was uh like reading tons of like pitch for gorilla versus bear back when all those blogs were really like that was kind of a moment I guess I feel like you yeah. know 2010 11 12 13 and uh so I always kind of had like that's how I was learning about music but then I think the last two years of college uh I was when I was like started to my opinion started to sort of deviate in terms like I started to figure out like okay maybe this is what I like um it started to really
2: solidify that it's funny you say that. I mean, I, I we've talked about this a little bit before, I think, um, in this context. But, like, just being so inundated from such an early age with tastemaking publications at a time yeah. when, like, I think, you know, what Amui said, like, early on, it was, um, you could be the sort of pioneer, like, tastemaker in your group of friends. Yeah. Whereas, like, I felt like any time I heard something... Um, I
1: needed to like you know get the was, pitch like, for yeah. it like double check that like this was so okay Yes, yeah. yeah, so that that was great I, I was felt the same way yeah. always was super beholden to like the internet consensus of like what yes. is is this album good like <laughs> I don't know and that's it's fucking scary when you realize like how much that sway that dictates yeah. for a lot of people that's like put myself above them but uh no so, but it, it did help them build I mean they built an empire on it basically yeah and you know like totally and like a... now Pitchfork is like that tastemaker f- like in every group of friends
2: right. <laughs> like it's
1: just <laughs> this weird like internet surrogate um, this is the story that I'm convinced is going to get picked up soon. because it's it's everybody's
0: like, older brother. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> exactly every, yeah. That sucks.
1: No, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's the best expression is that that's what it was for me is like the older brother or sister who like showed me yeah. cool music because I had no other, like there's some conceivable like life where I, that just like never, I was always into music, but like that was how I learned like. Learned. I learned like how to tie a tie on the internet. And I learned like all about music. Is <laughs> there some on alternate the universe where you're playing organ in a megachurch? Yeah, I <laughs> know, like yeah. It's just I don't know, like a Christian rock band. Like I, I don't know. Like I could see it going so many different ways. But uh, uh, were you were you a record store kid at well, all? No, is that? Okay. I was not a record store kid. We didn't even really. Eat. I, I figured out about, like, our local record store when I was, like, about to leave for college. Like, okay. that's how a fucking clueless I th- was. Well, this is also,
2: it's like, that that to me is, like, the thing that's going to change the most, even just between, like, the, you know, a couple, like, couple of years between when I was in high school and when you were, is, like, yeah. that phase out, I think, you know? Like, oh, they so kinda, were you they hanging out... I so I, I, I feel like I got to catch the tail end of them just a little bit, um, yeah. and uh, and then literally this place like Revolution Records in D.C. closed I think in like two thousand five or six when I was you know a senior. So it, so it's I'm yeah I'm just kind of curious that
1: versus like the hype machine or like what your you know um, it, it was all like record stores for me again is all homogenized and like Pitchfork hype machine girl versus yeah. there, blah 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 and then like I said that okay so the moment where it all sort of starts to change is like junior year. I start, like, I start reading more of Tiny Mixtapes and more of The quietest and more of those, like, smaller ones that are, like, pushing different agendas a little bit. And then I started reading a ton, like, was weirdly obsessed with this dude, Chris Ott, if you guys know him. His book
0: is, his book on Droidvisions right over there.
1: Okay, so this is, this is pretty funny, because it's, like... So that, that's my favorite 33 and a third by the way yeah. I really yeah. I love his writing I haven't yeah. read it like he's so he's got so that's he's what I'm talking about where I was like I was just like I was critical consensus dude and yeah. then I started like getting more into electronic like, stuff figuring out and like even if I didn't always agree with Tiny Mixtapes or I didn't always agree with The Quietest like or Aquarium Drunkard or any of these other great websites I was like at least learning about sort of this like alternative narrative where it's like no you don't have to just like yeah. think this way about this record um and so yeah, Chris I was so fucking obsessed with him. He opened my mind to so much music in a short amount of time. I was like hounding him on his ask FM when that was really like <laughs> poppin', like just asking him questions about everything and like he even when I didn't agree with him, like I just love that he'd a be super hyped about stuff, b would be super like d- dismissive about other stuff, like and yeah. even if I didn't agree with it, and also was showing me and teaching me like a lot of oh, wow. cool music. I mean, that's th- crazy. Th- yeah, what that I got from smart. his his emo interview with Jeff Rickley, and then all the She Gaze videos, and then like uh, th- and then sort of also like learning about it. he also I it's hard to tell like the overarching matrix of, like, his thought. But one part of it, I feel like, is he sort of emphasizes a lot, like, personal responsibility. And um, for me, that was, like, when I graduated. Part of listening to him was, like, dude, if you don't have songs you're proud of, like, d- stop waiting around for, like, the perfect guitarist to come around. Stop, like, bitching about not having space to do it um, or, like, not having access to drums. And I just, like, made it work, like, did the whole record. So that he was huge for that.
0: that's actually one I want to talk to you about too. I mean, I know that you're starting to do a little bit of live uh, performance, but um, you know, you're, you're a solo practitioner. Uh, I mean, Krauss yeah. is just you, correct? Yeah. And so, you know, how do you, how do you assemble, you know, I mean, the, what's the sort of uh, process of making a record when you're playing everything? And yeah. Even start simple, like what instruments are you using? Yeah. Like what's going I mean, on yeah, yeah, exactly. in mean, the, yeah. So the,
1: the idea I guess was not to like give away too much of the magic, but uh, I just did, like I loved crazy drumming and I love like it's so weird when I didn't think about the drums and like I played with drums with my brother and like I always was gravitating towards like fills all the time and like really poor timing and, and just hitting the drums really hard and like I never was interested in like groove drummers or like guys who had great pocket and feel and then like I started listening to like lightning bolt and hella and like i see guardian alien and like it's uh, like the bony version of uh, <laughs> yeah it's just like i got interested in like all the wrong drummers <laughs> and, <laughs> in terms of like a technical standpoint so i knew i wanted to have that aspect i was playing a ton of drums and then so basically the whole thing is like drums and then i was producing hip-hop back in the day so it's just drums and samples all of In tomorrow's drum samples and vocals um as in like one song Chopped up and then, like, affected a lot well, it, of
0: it. seems interesting. I mean, uh, so it sounds like you're doing sort of a, a version of, of indie rock as hip-hop. It's not got a lot to do with yeah, what I wanted the sound, to, but yeah. as the process, it's kind of a production thing rather than a, a live playing thing, but you're playing live. Definitely. Um, the writing for me, like, happened pretty much
1: all on the computer. Um, or, like, when I had access, I had some old drum, like mp3s that i put not mp3s like little mixes that i was going to use for a guitar project and then i that's when it started happening because i was just putting samples over them and I, it just felt like so much better and drawing upon my strengths and I, I realized like also sort of the dominance of like the guitar and sort of like emotional or like intense music just makes like no sense to me and i wanted to have more of that like pure combo of like electronics but and then also the human feel like real percussion and stuff like that yeah absolutely
2: Um, i mean and that is i mean that is really striking like the drum i mean the drums have like a very um yeah very sort of authentic i think sort of natural sound which i which is which i love in that um that's crazy because like tons of half
1: of it's like midi is it really yeah wow (laughs) yeah it's like because it was i was it was functioning as like demos you know Mm -hmm. i just made it and then uh so tell me a little bit about the
2: vocals too like the i mean i i the the uh comparison that a
1: friend of mine had was, uh, sort of, it's got like a jonesy quality. and a what? Oh, jonesy dude, can- that's yeah. so fucking funny you say that because it was like the. My uh, uh, musical evolution, like, Siri Ross was one of those huge, life changing bands. Nice. Like, yeah, me too. totally. Like, I cannot. I've always, like, loved. Parentheses first? Yes, or, uh, parentheses yeah. first. Like, okay. I. I guess, actually, technically speaking, it was, um,. The first song I heard of theirs was like Me Blonde which is from the album with Gloss, ta, Tack. Tack, um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first song I heard, and I was like, I was pretty young, like maybe in, I guess, middle school ish, or like sixth or seventh grade. And so it was like Good Charlotte for a little while, Linkin Park for <laughs> a little, a long time. And I always was like, That's whenever right. I liked a band, like I liked it so much to like an obsessive degree. So I was always so excited about it. Yeah. And so then that was sort of like I was literally listening to like new metal for a long time, and then I remember seeing like uh, telling
0: Chris Hot. Yeah, no, you go ahead. I don't care.
1: Uh, I'll stick up for Lincoln Park any day. But then I, I heard uh, Tack in the background of like a YouTube video. Um, if you guys know, remember yeah. Mad V, by perchance, he was like this dude who wore like an anonymous mask and like did magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I, dude, I see that. you were talking about Matt you lost me you there. No, yeah. no, not Mad Villain. Uh, so that's like, he had a video and just like whatever. It was, I was really young and uh, just because of like being a kid on the internet and uh, had Sarah Ross in the background, I was like, what is this? And I was just obsessed with like post rock and Sierra Ross specifically. They were like the third or fourth band like on that. Musical evolution for me, oh, just cool. loving that band. I they, think they also yeah. wail live. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard. I've yeah. still never seen them. Really? No. Interesting.
2: Yeah. They. Uh, no. They've. I mean, they're just. It's a huge sound. It's like, and it, you know, it's sort
1: of as as loud as you would hope it would be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, sort of, it's cool.
0: enveloping. Yeah, band. it really
1: does. Like, it's sort of, which would know. kind of surprise you because, like, the recordings aren't always like but that, I could see that working so well, just that being, yeah. like, a fucking rock band it's and really maxed out a lot. Yeah, it's it's like, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, like, yeah. you can say what you want about, like, the later albums and sort of, like, where that band went and, like, what... I, I know there's a lot of, like, maybe a bit, like, a lot of people perceive it as melodramatic or corny or whatever, but those, especially, like, the one that really holds up, obviously, is brain yeah. um and, like, the that record and even parentheses and, like, bits of tech, like... Th- so huge for me.
2: I think I probably go back to parentheses the most. But, um, yeah, interesting. But uh, but yeah, I'm with you on I, both both of those. I mean, those first two are just are, are really outstanding. Um, yeah, it's, I'm all about the
0: first album. That, the I, that, I refuse, that I refuse to try to pronounce. Yeah, Wait, agree, the one for, before no, 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 no. Arjatist or Arjatist yeah. Virgin or whatever the hell it is. It's cool. You can pronounce whatever you want because it's not a real language. The baby right? No, I think I think that's an Icelandic one,
2: dude. Well, to all our Icelandic <laughs> listeners out there, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm
1: not too worried about offending that demographic, yeah. I have to say. Um, so, uh, okay. So. Were huge. I don't think I was thinking of that, per se, like, vocals-wise. Yeah. It's just how I sing, and also part of it was, like, I was recording in my bedroom, and, like, my roommate's fucking outside and whatever, and so, like, half of it was being just, like, not super secure with, like, my singing voice, mm-hmm. and so just gravitating towards, like, Qu- weird, super quiet choir boy vocals. Nice. And, like, a lot of the way I'd make it sound like I was singing loud was sort of about playing with, like, the gain and the way I'd, like, breathe into the mic and stuff like that to make it sound like I was... Because I wanted to to Bigger. be, like, when I play live, like, I'm really singing loud, but in the room I couldn't do that. So it's a lot of, like, clever studio tricks. Well, we'll clever, do,
0: but, I want to go back to the live yeah. playing because, um, you know, I know you said... It's a tough thing to do right now, and you're sort of working out whether what kind of instrumentation yeah. you're going to have. Um, you're looking at, you know, potentially having a band put together. Yeah, this
1: isn't the the.
0: It's not gonna be a one man band
1: forever, just because like I don't. Yeah, I think it'd be great if I could play drums with two hands and like not have to worry about <laughs> like you know because that's that's what it is. Like everyone or, or in certain parts of the beat, like I can't play a fill fully because I have to hit the pads and other stuff at the same time. Um, I think it'd be cool the next record I want to say it's going to be like bass sample player drums vocals um, and I don't know how it's going to work out but we'll, we'll see
0: that said how are you going to tour on this album are you going to uh,
1: play some live shows Yeah, I don't know like I thought after the, the rising thing came out that I'd like get more shows but like, I, just because I don't really play around that much before like I, I don't really know who to hit up or whatever so I, I'm going to and I'm, I'm like going to cold call some bands and stuff like that but priority number one really is like i'm more just recording like a second thing wow so you're already back to work on that or yeah i've got like a lot of demos and whatnot because the recording sort of been like the writing's more the i don't know like i i feel like i have more to do there so then you know the live shows
0: will come when they come i suppose and then but so you know i guess you've, you've spoken a fair amount about what you know what sort of shaped you musically what uh, what else do you listen to just enjoyment wise what yeah do you
1: love? um nowadays like uh so i guess the last like couple years it's been yeah it's been lightning bolt there's a whole year where it was lightning bolt and lxg just like total manic depressive Sounds like, you're like fucking stress yeah <laughs> I, I know right it was that's those were huge influences for me i love this girl katie day right now dey on orchid tape she's fucking amazing and uh i listen to a lot of sort of uh oddly enough like a lot of emo rock and things like that I loved the band I had like a mini obsession with Algernon Cadwalder for a while um trying to think who else uh yeah, let me dig up the, the Spotify. A lot of uh I was listening to the Pulvo's first record for a while. Oh yeah. Um, that's funny. I the I was just listening to that last week. That's weird. Yeah. they yeah, Pulvo were were awesome. Uh, in terms of stuff from last year, like I love, Ian William Craig's huge for me. Um Grouper. Mm. Um Yeah, Grouper was a Luke
0: O'Neill favorite.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, I that I mean she's like one of the Oh
0: also uh Marnie Stern was mm-hmm. huge oh, for me. I know me. her bass player. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: We're I mean, friend of Jeremy's. that, if you want, like... I mean, yeah, Lightning Bolt, Alex G, but also Marnie Stern is, mm-hmm. like... Uh, ripping Player. I mean, Rippin' Player, and also just that combo. Like, her 2010, the self-titled one, is, like, I think one of the most just criminally underrated albums. It's so hardcore, but the songwriting's really good. And it's the same sort of basic elements of, like, major, big chord progressions, technical playing, but sort of a more, like, emotive, not, like... Lightning Bolt's a little bit more, like, I don't know how to put it, like, almost fun or, like, cartoony mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, we were also talking serious. battles, too. I don't know. If yeah, yeah, like, totally. I'm, I'm not, like, I don't listen to them all the mm-hmm. time, but they're one of people who fuse, like, the electronic live thing really well. Yeah, I think you so. you guys remember, like, Gang Gang Dance yes. as well? Yeah. It's like, that song, Vacuum, I'd listen to all the time, because it was... Sort of the same principle of like live drumming, but with this really cool just samples instead of, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's like shoegaze or whatever without the guitar.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, and so, so you think uh, the setup,
1: bass, drums, samples, so you would have, it would be what, three people or yeah. two in the next nice? We'll see. Maybe like guitar. The new stuff I'm writing, it's, uh, it was tough for me. Like, uh, I was tearing my hair out because I'd have to get songs on End Tomorrow where it was like the source material would have to be a full. Frequency spectrum of like it would have to have a bass, have to have mid range, and then have to have treble, and I'd have to have enough chord changes to where I could rearrange it into a song. Um, and so now, like adding bass elements, where I can control like how it goes melodically frees up. I can the samples can be more noise, or they can be a melodic element or a bass element. Like I can just it gives me like freedom with them a bit more and to sample more creatively. Alright, well, Cool. So we'll see whatever it.
0: Dictates. You want to wrap up? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Well, um, again, I guess this is uh, this is going to be the end of it. But um, thanks so much, Will Cross, for coming by and, awesome. and talking to us, at brother, brother, brother. And, yeah.
2: And everybody, yeah. definitely check out the album. And tomorrow, this is uh, it's been on super high rotation for uh, for all of us here, brother, brother, brother. Yeah. We'll, we'll push it out too. Sweet. Thanks so much. Thank you, cool. y'all. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and drop us a line at brotherpod.com. Thanks very much to Damian Kendall for producing, and from Wyndham, Jeremy, and Christian, see you next time.